There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The deep down duck is just pissing by water off. He's just nattering, having a pop at him. He gets chucked out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly podcast from Mundial that does not mind blowing its own trumpet. Here are a quickfire three reviews from our recent audience survey. Keep the team as they are. They have great chemistry. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Oh. I enjoy the content as it is. Sorry, I can't help with any improvements. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh hello. Yeah. Yes. Hello, Mum. My man. <laughs> it's a cracker. Has usurped other football pods I had listened to. My own time comes at a premium being a dad with two kids under 10. There we That's go. Class. Thank Seb, you. Um, can I get a yee-haw, please? Oh, go on. Yee-haw! And why do I want a yee-haw? And I want a yee-haw because on this day, the day this podcast is released, back in 1859, William Ooh. H. Bonney, otherwise known as Billy the Kid, was born on New York's east side, achieving infamy in his short life as an outlaw who was eventually gunned down by Pat Garrett. Uh, if you don't know, there's a great film with a brilliant soundtrack by Dylan called Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Chris Chris Christopherson as uh, Billy the Kid and James Coburn as Pat Garrett. Great film, great soundtrack. Um, if you've not seen or heard either. Handsome man as well, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. One of my mum's faves. But that uh, takes me on to my uh, colleagues today. I'm your host, <laughs> Monday Art Editorial Director, Cutthroat Owen Blackhurst. Oh, oh, yeah. apt, apt. Yes, yes, And joining yes. me are Seb the Scorpion White. Oh, <laughs> James uh, Big Smoke Bird. Big Smoke. James Big Smoke Bird. Yeah. And over there, on on the other side of the table, Tommy Saddle Tramp Stewart. (laughs) Howdy, partner. I got all of these names from a. uh, He said it was a good one. He told us it was a good one. But I got I got all of these from a Western um, name generator, so I haven't oh, just, nice. just made oh. them up. Um, Did you come here often? Not as often as I'd like. <laughs> Saddle Trump. I'll be your Huckleberry. What film's that from, James? The Huckleberry film, probably. No. Go on, tell us. Tombstone. Correct. Oh. Oh. Great performance by Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp. A great moustache, something we talked about on last week's episode. Anyway, new listeners, this is a football podcast. I don't think we've mentioned it yet, (laughs) but we will. So today, episode 29, this is, is out on the 23rd of November, and it's uh, Xabi Alonso's birthday, my hero and my mate. So we've got shirts that are all connected to Xabi Alonso's career. So Tommy is wearing a a, a Bayern Munich belter, as classic as it gets, red, blue, T-Mobile, Big stars done. Seb is wearing a, um, a Spain shirt from when they won the World Cup, I believe, or is that the Euros one? This Euros one, this one. Euros one, yeah. and then James is wearing a Bayer Leverkusen shirt because he now manages them. I, yeah. I've got the pick of the bunch today: oh, a long yeah, sleeve that. black Real Sociedad away. Oh, so that's us. If you can't see them, sorry. Thanks to Classic Football Sadly. Shirts. 
Xabi Alonso. Everyone seen him in training. Oh, if you haven't seen the video of Xabi Alonso and um, my word. coaching his 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 Bayer Leverkusen players with his amazing passing, oh. then seek it out because it's it's genuinely brilliant. And he is developing into the Ooh. manager everyone thought he would he is, be. He? And it'll be a bun fight for which of his former clubs yeah. take him. Because apparently his managerial plan includes both Liverpool and Real Madrid. We are 4.8 on Apple. Nice. Five star on Spotify. Hello. <laughs> Big smoke. Our men are riding at dawn. We've got a we've got a we've got a posse to take down over on the um over in the next county. We'll be celebrating with some whiskey and rye. What, Devon? Yes. <laughs> Devon, yeah. I quite like the people from Devon. Yeah. We'll be going to we'll be going to Dorset though, I can't be handling them. We're, very we're... very Monty Python that was. Yeah. What, Devon? <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be tracking them down. Is it the haunted lads we're after? It's just the haunted lads no. arriving on the horizon. Oh, excuse me, sir. Is that your real hair? <laughs> <laughs> Blackhurst gone to the Bakerfield rifle. Ain't seen you round these parts for a few years, partner. <laughs> we thought you were dead. It's haunted. <laughs> we heard you've been talking about us on the <laughs> Whip him, Jim. Right, adventures in Clubland. Adventures in Clubland. Today, the first oh, item, the first item on today's uh, program. If you didn't enjoy that little bit of fan fiction there, which you might not have heard it. Anyway, this is Adventures in Clubland. And today it's me. We're going to Los Angeles in the 90s and we're going to talk about a diminutive Salvadorian playmaker called Mauricio Sinfuegos. Who? Mauricio Sinfuegos. Oh. oh. Who is he? I mean, Seb, you do know who he is because you were with I me. Do. Until 2018, I'd never heard of this player in my life. Neither had Seb White, who knows mm. a lot about football as well. And we went to Los Angeles, a part of making an audio documentary about the first season of MLS. And we wanted to talk about um, Jorge Campos, obviously, who we'll come on to in a minute, and Kobe Jones and people like that. But everyone we spoke to started saying, we've also got to talk about Cienfuegos. Now, Cienfuegos was the galaxy number 10 for seven or eight years the the headline of these um this adventure is he was there when la won their first us open cup in 2001 he was there when they won their first mls cup i think in 2001 or 2002 they'd lost in three finals before that and he was also there when they won the concacaf cup for the first time and they had lost in one final a few years earlier they're the second uh, us based team to win it because everyone thinks now of Galaxy as the most successful mm. MLS club, which they are, but they weren't for a bit. It took them a while to get going. New England were quite um, quite a big team. And anyway, he was there for all of that. But but more than that, he was a cultural and social icon in Los Angeles and mm. remains so today. If if the Galaxy put anything out on their social, remembering uh, CN, it goes fucking bananas. Mm. It goes absolutely bananas. And the reason is because there was a big Salvadorian population in Los Angeles and still is. So we went in. We went to interview Sunil Gulati and Sunil Gulati was the deputy commissioner of the MLS for when it launched. And Sunil's role was getting the players mm. about thinking of all the cities and who they should get and why they should get them and doing the deals. 
He said, we went and got a guy named Mauricio Cienfuegos who was very inexpensive but sold more tickets in Los Angeles than anyone else did all the way up to David Beckham. Wow. And we had that confirmed. So on this trip, more and more people told us about Cienfuegos. Mm. We went and spoke to the Angel City Brigade who were one of the um, original LA fan groups and uh, a, a fellow called Angel from the Angel City Brigade, his dad had been in the Rose Bowl for um, Galaxy's first game in 96. Wow. Yeah, so like the, he, he was the guy. And if Kobe Jones was the sort of the All-American star, Cienfuegos was the, the Kobe Jones for the Hispanic community, mm. the Hispanic fans. So we tracked down Jorge Campos on that trip. And we had lots of missed calls and walking around parts of LA. And finally, we met him. I think we've probably mentioned this before. We met him in a car park of a golf course in Westchester in LA. And we got into his Beamer, uh, me and Seb in the back, Tyo in the front recording and and Campos, and Campos in the driver's seat. The, it was too hot, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, getting progressively hotter. He had the heating on to a level that I've never had in a car before. Yeah. It was like he was playing the hot game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was unbelievable so we started interviewing him and he like Campos was also signed because there's a, a, there's a huge Mex Mexican popular, um, population in, in LA but he told us about Cienfuegos and I think have we got the clip Tom are we playing the clip at the new league in, in the United States they tried to do something different uh, they say they were thinking to play here in Galaxy in LA a lot of Mexicans a lot a lot of Mexicans so he's getting said, to it wow. now so he's talking about the first game Something happened with, with Cienfuegos. I don't know if he told you the story. People told me, oh, Campos, you say you want to play it. A lot of Mexicans come to buy tickets. It's a lot of people coming for you. Oh, thank you. So Cienfuegos, everybody knows Cienfuegos want to play. So we in the line, so Jorge Campos. The stadium was crazy. And they tell, hey, Cien, a lot of Mexicans. Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> funny. And I said, uh, from Salvador, Mauricio Cien. Oh my gosh. Hey, I thought it's the only Mexicans. It's when I, I remember I said, Cien, you are a hero in Salvador. More the Salvador, more than Mexicans. I can't believe it. So, hey, loco, he called me. Loco, you here? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I thought, I thought the, the people come to see me. No, they come went to see Cien. Cien. They go, oh my god! Hey, loco! <laughs> that sort of like in, in enshrine what we heard there, and like there's there's great got there's there's great clips of Cienfuegos, and he's a, a wonderful footballer. Um, left foot, right foot, pa a, a great passer of the ball. Um, very clean technically, you know, moves like all little number tens, like moves as you'd expect. Mm. And scored some spectacular goals. His most famous goal is an, an overhead kick. Oh. He calls it the Caletta or the Saletta or something. Yeah, because of the celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Because of his, yeah, what, So what's the yeah. celebration? It's like it's almost like he's turning to swim. Right. But he does this amazing overhead oh. kick from the angle of the box, which loops over the keeper. But he scored Loads of loads of belters. I mean, and there's some of his clips are incredible. But and we also Joe, Joe Totino as well. We met on that trip. Joe Totino has been the LA Galaxy announcer since 1996. So he was the he called the first ever game. Yeah. And me and Seb interviewed him in the in this weird little room, didn't we, at the Galaxy Stadium? Yeah, yeah. StubHub Arena is it called now? Yeah. God. Um, and he said, "We said, who are your five favorite players?" And he was like, 
Kobe, London, Beck, Slatan, Cienfuegos. Mm. Yeah. That's the five. And Cienfuegos is the one that I'd imagine anyone listening to this podcast who isn't a Galaxy fan will know the, the least about. Mm. But yeah. we could talk about game, you know, we could go deep into games, but it's difficult to find a lot of it. But just safe to say he was the number 10 and the hero when um, they they won their first three big trophies. And also when there's a thing at um, Galaxy Stadium called The Ring and it celebrates all the, the, the players who've played for them and made a big mm. impact. And the first three people on there, one was an administrator, and I can't remember his name, and I do apologise because he died. But um, the first two players who were on the ring were Kobe Jones and Cienfuegos. Yeah. And he was just a... He's just a, a like a hero, and he was coaching. He'd coached at the academy for ten years. He was just knocking around the place when we were there. We didn't interview him, unfortunately, and now he's back at, at Salvador. I mean, when Siggy Schmidt, when he quit, when 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 he quit, he was like his impact on the galaxy has been has been huge. You know, he's he's been there from the outset. He is, you know, he's as big a part of the galaxy as anyone, as, as Landon or anyone like that. And I looked for there was a shirt of his. I looked for. Mm. Yesterday and it's going for about 400, 400 quid, five hundred mm. quid on eBay. I see Fuego's Galaxy shirt from nineteen ninety six. Just a replica or or a match one. Just a replica. Just a replica. Yeah. Wow. Well, when we when we went there, we went to the game. We obviously went to the tailgate party before with um, some of the one of the supporters groups there and. Most of the shirts had Sin Vegas on the back. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It wasn't that Beckham. Well, it wasn't. Oh, more than anyone else. Zlatan was there well, at the deal. time. Wasn't Beckham. Wasn't Kobe Jones. Most of the shirt. In fact, I think the supporters group had ma- had made their own versions of that shirt as well. Oh, okay. They had. Yeah, they, they had. had. They had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, cool. they, because they were so expensive and scarce, they made their own versions. But it was all Sin right. Vegas ten. MLS All Star five seasons. MLS Team yeah. of the Year first three seasons. Um, Jeez. Just a, yeah, just a, just a great a, a great little cult player that I don't think a lot of people know about. And you should go and seek it out. Go and have a look because it's it's it, it's one of them. It's right up your street, I think, as our audience. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. I um I love that I love that clip. I love that episode of Giant, and I I love the fact that you've got a you know a, a El Salvadorian and a, a Mexican on the pitch in Los Angeles going calling <laughs> calling each other loco mm. and going look at this, and that's one of my. That's one of my favourite things to see in club football is when a club sign a player from a country where they might not have signed a player from that country before. Mm. So Huang at Wolves, for instance. And suddenly every game that you go to, there's a group of South Korean people Mm. watching. And that pride... That pride that you see in people who are from a nation where, you know, your club, there aren't that, there isn't a huge Korean population mm. in Wolverhampton. But just one player, one single player can make that difference and it changes the whole cultural setup of, of, of a club. Mm. And obviously, LA, big Hispanic population and, and going in, you know, in the, in the 90s, that was very important in the, in the formation of, of how that club began. But I always think that's a really great mm. thing to see with all the Portuguese players at Wolves there's suddenly loads of Portuguese people mm. in the crowd yeah you know, just, I'll, I'll, it change, <coughs> changes the setup of, of and the yeah. dynamic F- fellas from Gornal really liking pastel de nata exactly oh, <laughs> yeah. Sharon have you tried them custard tarts <laughs> oh, exactly ma- bloody hell you get raspberry ones now and all <laughs> great they're great <laughs> needs to be crispy though the, the pastry needs to be flaky <laughs> and that, they're now good when they're soft they're now good when they're soft Old, Old Trafford used to have the, the flags of every sort of every international country of the of the players in the current squad that that was up there so that's like a real it's interesting you saying that it's a bit like Parchi Sung for instance when he played yeah. for us the same like so if you're a South Korean person to see 
Yeah, imagine that. that. Imagine looking up because of one player. Imagine looking up and seeing that. Yeah. Mm. Imagine how that would spur you on. It's it's similar, but '96 there would have been Salvadorians and Mexicans living in Galaxy for for years, living in Los Angeles for years, and never been able to see professional football or or follow a team, and their identity through football couldn't be expressed. And and we know this. We've just made a documentary about the first ever professional tournament there, right? So to suddenly have, and he was like the idol of. The El Salvadorian national team. He'd quit it for a bit and whatever, but he was their he mm. was their player. And and similarly, Campos. We all know about the impact Campos had. He played in goal and up front. <laughs> scored in <laughs> scored in MLS Cup finals as a number nine and and, and played in goal. And Incredible. I just class the kits as well from that time. Oh yeah, everyone a banger. <laughs> yeah, there's not a bad kit. There's not. <laughs> there's not a bad kit from that first season. Yes. Yeah. And I know the guys at Classic Football Shirts say that some of those ones can go, you know, like you mentioned there about the Sinfagos one, but they can go for big big numbers because you know, people are desperate to... What, the M- MLS? Yeah, the oh, MLS that first one. season. Yeah, 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 yeah really? Yeah, first yeah. season, yeah, because wow. the history around it, but also the designs of next level, you know. I mean, the story Kobe Jones told us about the opening game at the Rose Bowl when they were, they didn't know if anyone was going to turn up and it was mm. full. And the Rose, yeah. Rose Bowl's 80,000. Yeah. yeah. Six weeks before, they'd been trading in the car park there yeah. and having to pick up broken bottles and stuff like that. Fuck and they it, turned yeah. up and they were having to fucking, they had all these plastic sheets or big sheets across the... the si- uh, across the seats because they didn't, they were worried that they, they didn't want it... They, they didn't like, want it looking banners. like empty seats. They were having to yeah. go out and rip them they off before the game to up. get more people in. There was fucking tailbacks of people not yeah, being yeah. able to get in. Like everyone was trying to get there. It became this huge thing. Yeah. Like fucking miles and miles of traffic wow. to get out to the, to the Rose Bowl. Reminds me of one of my gigs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's and it's come full circle because because the the El Tráfico derby the yeah. LA Galaxy v um, LAFC that's recently sold out the Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's come full circle in sort of 20, 25, 26 years, which is mass- which is huge. Take it away, Tommy. <gasps> Mascots of the world unite and take over. Seb, do your Morrissey. People no, would like to hear it. No, Go on, no, just no. do it. People would like to hear it. Give the people have what a, they want. Have a bang on it, Seb. Come on, brother. Mascot. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> that was half Kermit and half... I, I can't do it. I'm not very good. It's more like Robin. Just do, it. just do your version of it. Mascots of the world. <laughs> Unite and take over. Oh, it's another one that's better than Birdo's. Let's hear yours again. <clears throat> Mascots <laughs> of the world. Unite and take over. <laughs> Kermit the uh, Frog. <laughs> Mascots of the world, unite and take over. It's good. It's good. Yeah, no, you, you're all quite good here. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not. But yours is my favourite. It's a banging. It's song. not the best. Well, but I'm it's actually, my favorite. I'm actually doing Morrissey. You're, you're just sort of all singing quite Croon. nicely. I'm. <laughs> I can do. I'm what, in D- the zone. David Morrissey, the actor. Yeah. <laughs> Clinton Morrison. Neil Morrissey. Neil Morrissey. Men behaving sadly. Yes, very good, very good. Mascots of the world, unite and take over. It is James Bird, who only seems to talk about bloody mascots these days. He is obsessed with them, and funnily enough, on you go. If anyone knows where we can get James some Ritalin off script so he doesn't have to go to the doctors, it's been going on too long now and it will help his life immeasurably. Your duck's good, though. To that's that good. is good. Not bad, is it? It's really good. It was like a duck. I thought it was a man walking in the snow in big boots. That's good. So, 
Mascots of the World Unite and Take Over, episode 29. And we're going to Preston North End. Ooh. Oh, yeah. A founding member of the Football League, of course. Of course. Uh, and for the past 27 years, their mascot has been a duck. Why? The Deepdale Duck. Now, why is a very interesting question, Owen. Because a lot of Preston fans don't know themselves, so I went deep. I went deep, didn't I? I went into the forums. I went deep dale. I went deep dale. I went wading. <laughs> wading through the reeds. And um, we should have got said to do that. He's the only one who's got webbed feet. And according to uh there's a there's a brilliant on the Preston North End forum, PNE forum, there is a brilliant... You even um, go on forums of other clubs, you mad cunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's where you find the gold, man. It's where you find what real people are talking about. The gullet scar hem. Come on. Uh, anyway, PNE Saint was his username, and he set up a thread trying to find out why their mascot is a duck. Now, there's quite a few different theories, but the one that they seem to agree most on was that Deepdale, Preston Stadium, mm. was built on Deepdale Farm. And Deepdale Farm was mostly dairy, but they had crops as well. But they did have other animals. And another, you know, they had, they had pigs as well. They, had, they kept cats, all sorts of animals on the farm. Yeah. And there were also ducks. And because That's duck brilliant. is uh, alliterates with Deepdale, ah. the mascot became the Deepdale duck. Now, there was, there was another, another thread on this forum that suggested <laughs> that they actually kept mostly lambs and that um, when 20s, you know, in, in the mid 90s, when they were sort of sorting out who was going to be, who was going to represent them, that um, a lamb was chosen, that the, the mascot yeah. should, have, should have been a sheep, a lamb. But apparently the chairman at the time decided that the costume for the lamb was too expensive. <laughs> Oh, and, and, oh. The, and the duck was cheaper. Yeah, so yeah. Went with the yeah. Duck. So I believe James um, right. that the Deepdale duck, um, a bit of a character, is a bit of a character. Oh. So, so just very briefly, the, to take it on even further, the other theory about another theory on top of this about the farm is that the centre circle is actually where the duck pond was. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking. It sounds a bit like fucking crop circles. This, come on, tell us about the duck. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like the theory. The duck since the mid nineties like... was um, inside that it was a man called Simon Nash, and Simon got up to some mischief, shall we say? Uh, he famously in the two thousand and eleven season interrupted Mark Clement live from the tunnel as he was broadcasting on BBC. <laughs> And this was during a game against Derby who had Stephen Bywater in goal. And uh, throughout, <laughs> throughout the second half, the Deepdale Duck is just pissing Bywater off. He's just nattering, having a pop at him. He gets chucked out. The Deepdale Duck, the Deepdale Duck gets marched out by two stewards. And this, is a, get, this is the home game? Yeah, yeah. He has His to, own stewards are chucking yeah, him out. He has to, he has <laughs> but he has to, you've he been there. He has to go round off. He has to go round off the pitch in front of the fans as well. Frog oh. marched out of the stadium. That is. Um, and <laughs> I watched this last night, by the way, and everyone should watch this. Like, search it, pause it, search it. It's brilliant. A couple of weeks later, um, Sheffield United were playing Doncaster, and uh, Sheffield United's mascot, Captain Blade, Ooh, yeah. held <laughs> held a one man protest at half time, <laughs> saying with an elder sign up saying, "Free the Preston one." <laughs> It was a. 
Back to the Deep Dad Duck. So, Deep Dad Duck, mischievous. There was also a game, apparently, against Blackburn where um, he kept leaning on Tim Flowers' post and Tim Flowers was getting very annoyed about it. But... <laughs> As all good mascots do, and I believe Simon Nash was a much loved, a much loved character inside mm. the Deepdale Duck costume. Did loads of brilliant, <laughs> <laughs> did loads and loads of brilliant stuff in the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, I think he was, I think he was a very well respected duck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, unfortunately, Simon Simon's fell ill mm. in the last year or so, and the Deepdale Duck has been retired. They said that they um, they didn't want anybody else wow. inside the duck and retire. Simon's had to retire to oh. illness, so I hope he's doing well. There literally is only one deep dell duck. And there is only there one is deep dell duck. Only one deep uh, and I believe that Preston North End are currently uh, holding a competition with children in the local area to decide oh. who the new mascot oh. is going yeah. to be. Well, there you go, deep dell duck Lovely. and uh, Simon. Uh, I hope all, all the best. I hope you doing. Yeah, all the best, Simon. It's dark in the evening, it's dark in the mornings, and the world is pretty miserable. What you need in your life is more joy. And issue 28 of Mundial Magazine is celebrating the joy of attacks. The three R's, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho and Rivaldo. We've got Romario, Stoichkov, Steve Bull, Statman Dave off the radio, he's in it. He's talking about Ronaldo, Rooney and Tevez. And Seb talking about a couple of Yeovil players nobody else can remember the name of. You wouldn't have it any other way. Go to mundarmag.com now to subscribe or find out more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 101 Things to Do in Football Before You Die is Seb. Yes, it's me. And this week, I'm going to be talking and imploring you all to get your own flag made to take to the match. Get the flags in. So, it's fair to say, over my football past, your I've had a few. Your storied football it, history. It, 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 um, <laughs> it did all start with my dad. I remember my dad had a couple of real old school bedsheet and spray paint ones, oh. like Man United ones. I uh, love a deal. With a real that... crusty, like the paint that he had him for like, he had it for with years. Some, with some crusty shit on it. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Cru- the paint was really crusty, I remember being, but... Um, what were the flags? What did they say on them? One just said MUFC rule okay or something like that. It was real Classic. 70s oh, old brilliant, school. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with like a... And he'd spray painted a devil that looked like it was punching. Fucking get it. Yeah, yeah. It was quite artistic. First one of my own was the day before 
Yeovil played Arsenal in the FA Cup in 1993, which was a huge game for Yeovil because it basically saved them from uh, bankruptcy. My stepmum basically spent most of the day before, while we all watched, uh, making a flag for us, which was white with a green cross and then a Yeovil badge in the middle and YTFC. Uh, so that was the first one I had, 1993. and that. How old were you then, Seb? I was thirteen. Wow. So we were, and we were. And was it your idea? Were you like, yeah, yeah, mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want. We wanted a flag. I wanted a flag to take to a game. It was a thing. I wanted my own flag. I'd seen a couple of flags. There was like always a Union Jack with Yeovil Town on it, and you know there weren't loads at Yeovil games by any stretch of imagination. But I wanted, you know, the one you had yourself. Did you take it around a lot? Did yeah, it become, yeah. Did it become a fixture? Because oh, our, our, our yeah. um, friend of the pod, friend of the mag, um, Joe Connolly, has the. Certain start of life one, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. To, which is a famous Liverpool flag now. Exactly. So, and then as I got a bit older and when I moved up to Manchester, I wanted to sort of put my stamp on. Branch out. Branch out. So I got a Northern Greens one done, which said Northern Greens on to victory on How it many um, Northern Greens were there? <laughs> this this was my question. Yeah. This is Northern Greens. Oh, there was a few of us. Oh, God. How many? Yeah. Uh, at least a dozen. What did, you, what did the Northern Greens <laughs> used to get up to? Well, we would. this is a season when we were really good, so we would quite often go to home games. One all bloke, of you? One, Not all of us, but there would be someone going down from the Northern Greens. One bloke from Manchester who was one of the nicest people in his old Ford Cortina. Oh. Oh, <laughs> we would drive wow. down the motorway to go... Because Yeovil were really good. This is when they were winning the league. Smoke billowing out the windows. Oh, it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. But um, So I'd get, I had a couple of Northern Greens. I had a big... My dad lives on a boat. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that. I can't remember if I've mentioned that before. If you don't know, my dad lives on a boat. And he managed to chat to someone one night and he managed to get a big ensign from someone who used to be in the Royal Navy. So I did that all up. Yeovil Town FC in one corner, the badge in the other. Oh my God. Uh, Northern Greens and on to victory, all that malarkey. But it was a proper big one. Like a really... How big we talking, Ish? 10 foot, at least 10 foot long. Class. Yeah, yeah. A so Seb, with that, with that, would you get to the would you get to the ground and hang it up? Oh, absolutely. There's a, real, there's a real buzz about that. I know it sounds stupid. It, no, doesn't sound stu- it doesn't sound stupid. There it is. might sound stupid. Okay, it doesn't. Uh, but it's going to games, and especially with Yeovil, you go to away ends and stuff like that that weren't necessarily, it wasn't like heaving full of people. Yeah. But there might be 60, 70, 100, 150 of us. Yeah. But to put your flag out and to plant your flag, it is a, you know, you were saying we're, thing. You were saying we're here. We're here. Yeah. We're here. So I had that. There's, there's loads of pictures of me at various grounds, Bolton away and uh, Black, Blackpool away and things like that. Yeah, it was a big, it was a thing. It was a thing. And then, but I think probably the best flag we had when I, again, when I moved down to London, I decided that I needed to have a flag that had Yeovil on it somewhere with where I was currently living. So the Capital Glovers, we got a Yeovil flag, we got a flag. And we were going to, one of we decided to go and have a weekend away and watch some football and we chose Bilbao. And obviously the Basque flag is very, um, it's Union and Jack-esque. Isn't it without obviously the connotations that the Union Jack flag brings, and of, obviously more importantly, is green. Yeah. So we were like, let's do that. So we've got a Capital Glovers one, and that still goes round today. It's passed around from various Capital Glovers to oh. Capital Glovers. I had to go and pick it up from Waterloo Station the other week to then give it to someone else, and it still gets passed around. And how old's that flag? That flag's about t- 10, 12 years old. Now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, 2011. Yeah, 12 years old. Brilliant. The amount of times it gets left at away grounds. I mean, I had to pick it up from bloody Hampton and Richmond because they all forgot it because they were all too pissed. Really? Uh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. You forget, but... Do you there, speak to it? Hello, old there's a real There's a real <laughs> thing about planting your flag. And yeah. I would say it's a lot of fun. 
makes for great pictures and, and great memories when you're looking back on it. We were just looking at the Bilbao ones the other day, you know. If it's... Rebecca let you, would you yeah. have a flagpole in your garden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Genu- genuine question. No, I wouldn't. No, no, no. no. It's, it's not. It's an English thing, isn't it? And, uh, you know, when you look at when you go to World Cups, European Championships, there aren't any, there isn't anyone else that brings as many flags I would say. There might be different type. Ultras might do some slightly different choreography and TIFOs. TIFOs are different to flags, aren't no, they? No, no, they are, exactly. But the, but England fans, it's the name of some... Oh, my God, there's those, there's those yeah. pictures from Italia 90 taken oh, by Mark really? Leach when there's oh. all the... Union Jacks rather than St. George's it as was well, then. wasn't it? It was, yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. it was then with like Macclesfield on and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. And obviously there is connotations to it, but it's some fucking great images. Yeah. yeah. Big running track around a stadium. In, yeah. Well, there's one that says no... No poll tax, isn't there? Yeah. It, yes. They've been used as, as as more than that as well as they've been used to, you know, for for political sloganeering and, and yeah. people sticking up, you know, and refugees welcome and things like that. And you know, we're at a time course, at the moment yeah. where Celtic fans have been, um, yes. Green Brigade have been banned home and away yeah, for yeah. displaying uh, Palestinian flags. Yeah. So there's they're playing import a very important part in, in expressing in, an identity. Yeah, we've Westerners been short, and we always did that. It, like whatever sort of political topical thing it was, whether it was Palestine or we we made a one with the Westerners been short and badge with uh, the European the like so navy European. blue background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. West badge in the middle, and then the stars around it. It's so funny wh- you did that because at the same time. <laughs> Seb had a big green one with Farage on the front. Yeah, yeah. And the Spitfire in the background. <laughs> but but, but it, gives you a represent, it gives you a representation of how you as the fa- the main fan group are, are feeling about... The Wolves flaggers. Not, I mean, th- th- that, there are some, but not big time. But Well, no, the biggest Wolves flagger, sorry, just to cut in, is even as a, even grown up watching Glastonbury coverage, oh, there's always that one. There's, there's two. There's yeah, two. but just the Wolves sign and it's been part of Glastonbury coverage as much as anything yeah yeah hasn't it absolutely yeah. yeah yeah but I think I think what you're saying there Tom I think that for I remember speaking to the Port Vale historian I interviewed him for um a film we were making and he said that for him one of the reasons that he goes has been going to every Port Vale match for 50 years was because it's the one moment where you get a huge group of people coming together for one thing. Mm. And when you have that, no matter what it's for, people want to express their opinions about things, about society, about who they are. So for you, Seb, mm. that's, that's you know, planting your flag as we're from Yeovil, we represent this town, even though we're from the north. If you're doing something to do with politics, it's about showing how you feel. And they, mm. become, they become part of a natural choreography. Like, I mean, Owen, you wanted to talk about Pete Carney. From from Liverpool, well, yeah, we had well, we had an amazing. I mean, obviously, Liverpool well known for a, a array of brilliant flags over the years, right back to the sixties and seventies. Yeah. you know the, the the famous one about um, Joey eating the frog's legs and making the Swiss roll, and now he's munching Gladbach and stuff like that. <laughs> yep. But um, but, but 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 yeah. but Carney, we had a piece in in the magazine a while ago, which the Guardian took as well by a writer called Davy Brett, and he did a piece with with Peter, yeah. Peter Carney, the Anfield's flag maker in chief and it was which one of my favorite pieces mm. yeah because it was a real insight into some craft that um you never really get to, to to talk about really because there's a lot of coverage of you know sort of um tifos 
Yeah. But yeah. This, is, this is different. This is someone sitting down and thinking about the flag and thinking about how it's going to resonate for the crowd and, and, and what it's going to do and what it means to them and then and then taking that out where yeah. I'm not doing TIFOs down because I think there's some amazing ones. Oh, no, like Some of the Itali- Italian ones are incredible. I um, I actually interviewed Peter Carney for something else not too long ago and he's an incredibly intelligent man who talks about his processes with those flags beautifully. His Hillsborough flag is one that he's been constantly working and mm. updating on. He talks about it wanting to trigger all the senses so there's real flowers that he puts in the pockets yeah, that he's made. The textures yeah, yeah. are all yeah. different so that people who might not be able to see can touch it until oh. that story. And he talks about his work as Liverpool's sort of flag maker in chief. He talks about it as the Scouse Bayo tapestry. Hmm. But his flags are there to tell the socio-political economic hmm. stories of Liverpool as a city. And those flags hmm. that, that you see during covid um, yes. The flags that he made, they hung in the cop end when there were no people, when there were no fans allowed in. So Peter Connor, I think, you know, we talk about Yeovil, Capital Glovers as place. Peter Connor is constantly trying to tell stories with his flags. And he's, he's, a, he's a really special guy. His work was actually in the um, Design Museum's uh, Football Design in the Beautiful Game exhibition. They had the huge Hillsborough flag yeah. hung up in the um, exhibition space. <laughs> Issue 28 of Mundial is out now and it's crammed full of brilliant football stories that you won't read anywhere else. For instance, there's an amazing story of the social history of Besiktas and their fans. There's a ridiculous photo story of scarecrows being made in the fields of France. There's our editorial director, Owen Blackhurst, who is pretending to pump some iron over in the corner of the room at me, talking about what it would be like to go to the gym with all sorts of footballers and managers. And then there's the cover story, which is all about the most joyful attacks in history. Go to mundialmag.com to subscribe. All right, into that, outs and ins. This is the end of the podcast, which people seem to like. It's where we talk about um, well, stuff that we've liked and haven't liked. I'm going to start with James Bird because I want this one done and dusted because I've heard this story IRL every winter for the past eight years every day. Just souping it up, baby. What does that mean? Soup season. What does that mean? Just soups in, a lot of soups. In, Seb. <laughs> yeah. Mine is, I agree. <laughs> Mine is getting the steps in. The weather is might not be so good at the moment, or when, and I think so. it's hard, Seb. You know, it yeah. is hard. I've managed to but, get my yearly average up for this year, this calendar yeah. year, to ten to over ten thousand, and I need a strong finish to the year um, to get it for the whole year. Yeah. But yeah, it's challenging at the moment. It's challenging, but you always feel better for it. Like, oh, can I be asked to go and get a sam- sandwich or go and get a coffee from around there? <laughs> Can I be asked to work 45 yards? All right, Homer. <laughs> no, no, but especially when it's pissing, it might be pissing down, it might be really cold, but actually there's nothing better than just getting oh, the yards. I walked there. The, really isn't. It's about 45 minute walk to the station for me and I did yeah. it this morning. And then, um, but taking the extra steps, I'm, I'm on about like fucking getting your head down and walking up the escalators at, oh. at tube stations, not standing. Oh. 100%. Get the pistons powering. Just getting them in, yeah. Yeah. Getting the steps in is... Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, Going through the gap, the left line. Definitely. I always oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Left lane. Although the other night I knew I was going to be short and it becomes a bit of an obsession, doesn't it? <laughs> so it, was, it wasn't It was raining, so I had to go to a supermarket. So I parked and it's quite a big supermarket car park because there's a Lidl. Do you get the laps going? I, I <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. 
Did two laps at the big car park, then went into Sainsbury's, then came back out, put my shopping back more. in the car, did a couple more yeah, laps yeah, and went yeah, home. Like Done. Ticked off. Walking's the most human thing you can do. Um, uh, oh, no, this isn't, I'm like, this isn't a debate. It's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Walking is the most human thing you can do. In terms of movement, yeah. It's yeah. in movement, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Running's not. Picking your nose, it's quite human. Running's not fun. Walking's no, fun. Running's shit. Running's for cunts. Tommy. Squash, the sport, I do not like oh, doing... going to be too juice. Well, no, sadly not. I real I realised I was actually putting on more weight when I went to the gym because I was over-awarding myself and, like, building up, you know, maybe too much muscle for my natural sort of body size. And I Were you very... or were you just eating too much? Oh, that, well, mainly that. Can't yeah. out-train a bad diet, Tom. Exactly. <laughs> it's all got to start with nutrition, brother. But I get very bored exercising on my own. Don't like the gym or, or running, etc. I like exercising... I like exercising through competitive sports yep. and you can't play cricket really throughout the winter. I, I play the odd football match here and there, but squash, I found, I found tranquility in squash. I, I oh. just, there's five or six of us and we rotate. You and do it every week, don't you? Every week. Yeah. yeah. Without fail. Yeah. You've got your own squash ladder. What do you mean? A little ladder. A league oh, table. A, oh, a table. No, but I know, I know who I've beat and who I need to yeah, beat yeah. more. Get a, ta- get a table going. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to make it over competitive. Uh, in my original, it's in time. My original today was um, about training with someone because um, all, in all of my, uh, uh, you know, my increasing visits to the gym this year and the, the the four time a week program I've been on, I've done ninety nine percent of the workouts on my own. But Zach started coming with me recently. But until the other night, he does his own thing. I do my own thing. Um, but the other night it was just busy and he went fucking hell I can't get on anything I said well you, you, may, as, you, can, you may as well just do what I'm going to do then um, and we'll just we'll just share all the machinery and we did and it was good I ended up you know he had me filming his form for him and stuff like that oh nice nice talking him through the last two reps and him doing the same for me yeah it Class. was it was quite nice right. actually in I put it in in, in. out uh, James Bird here we go again fucking hell soft apples alright Ken Loach <laughs> Soft apples, you know when you, you're looking forward to a nice, crisp, juicy bite? They've just been out too long and haven't been in the fridge. Well, I, I would say not always that. I would say that sometimes the apples that you get from the supermarket are already far too gone. Brexit. Blame Brexit. Yeah, what's your favourite apple? If you had to pick one apple to eat for the rest of your life, one yeah. brand of apple. Yeah, okay. Do you mean like what? Not a brand, a, a type. Same fucking yeah. deal, brother. Probably... Um, Probably a Brayburn, but I do like a russet at this time of year. Nice, Seb. I'm a Brayburn man, yeah, yeah. Are you, Tommy? Allergic to apples. Oh. Allergic to apples? Yeah. Blimey. I developed that when I was like 15. It's like a pollen thing, so it makes, you know, it's not going to kill me, but just makes it's my lips skin. swell up. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I like a jazz. Yeah. And um, occasionally a pink lady, but that's enough about that. <laughs> you two eat the whole thing, though, don't you? Not anymore, No. Fucking hell. I've been eating the, every bit of the apple yeah. apart from the stalk for years. And someone... I still do it. Someone questioned me on it. I, I still do it. Someone questioned me on the office in it a couple of weeks ago. I said, what are you doing, you mad cunt? I said, well, I just eat the old apple. All the pips and everything. Yeah, I said, why? I said... What's wrong with it? Well, when I was little, my nan used to say to me, if you carry on eating the pips, Owen, an apple tree would grow out of you. And I said, you're a liar. So I tried to prove her wrong. <laughs> you're a liar, Greg. Nan, you're lying to me. <laughs> You're lying to me, so I kept eating, and I'd now go to her all the time. Well, it hasn't grown out of me yet. It will, don't you worry, it will. <laughs> and it never did. But then my missus told me apple apple seeds are full of cyanide. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, bloody hell. So James, you crack on, brother. I'm cracking on. Uh, Seb, uh, losing your back door keys twice in one week. I've lived in my house for four years, and I've somehow 
contrived to lose both my back door keys, which is, I mean, I've not been able to go out and empty the bins or get the recycling in. It means I've had to spend a good proportion of my free time this week going through bins to look to see if I can find it rather than ringing <laughs> an expensive locksmith. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on your back door keys. I've had the key to your back door for a while, sir. So. Oh, he So you've has. been, you can't get into your garden, can you? No, I can't get into my garden. How are you, how's the only way you can get into your garden at the moment? By... Climbing out of my kitchen window, which is really hard because I'm six foot four, and there's a cupboard right next to the window. So I've had to, I jimmied myself out Jimmy. of it, and then obviously when I landed out out of falling out of the window, so to speak, I split the bloody the garden sofa. Oh, have you cover? Yeah, which I haven't told Mrs. White about yet. She doesn't oh, listen to this podcast. So. She'll she'll find, she'll find out. out, out. Yeah, so yeah, so we could literally go around the whites any night of the week, and you'd be hanging out the back of your own house. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it once when it was too dark and I got stuck. There's few things sadder than going for your own rubbish, looking for something. At least it wasn't your own shit. It. No, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not after it's not, last it wasn't time. an ideal. So just keep an eye on your keys. Tommy. Pretending you don't like the Beatles because it's just nonsense. I think undeniably. Seb doesn't like them. You don't like them. I'm not asked about them. Really? I have to say. But I, I okay. You're yeah, but you don't go around going the Beatles are shit. Like he, oh, God, no, no, and there's sh- plenty of people who do that. He, he made, a, don't, I, I'm he made just... a flag for Yeovil. For <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just not. Uh, I'm just not that ass. That, that's yeah, fine. Not, that's not, fine. But there's yeah. people who go out of their way to say, "Oh, this shit," or like overrated things like that. And it's just this contrary way that people are these days, especially on X or fucking Twitter or whatever it is. I just, you know, let people be people. Let Beatles be Beatles. <laughs> let it be. Let it be, there we go. Oh. Got there in the end. Pretending you don't like the Beatles. I mean, if if people are being contrarian and doing stuff like that, out, out. Um, I don't really have an out, actually. I, I did have it, but we've talked about it. I would say the, the out is going to be, it's, and it's an in really, is um, caring too much because we've just launched a Monday on Discord, which some of you will be in by now, and it's another thing to do, and... Um, want it to be very easy to say, oh, we're just going to see how it develops and see what happens and let the community manage it. We're all fucking in there now, aren't we? Oh, yeah. It's good fun. We're all in there. It's good fun. And what we're going to try and do with it is um, make it like uh, Twitter was in 2010, where it's like your favourite pub on a Friday night. So we'll be doing more things in there. And if you haven't had an invite code yet, it's only because we're um, testing it because of some various other apps and bolt-ons we've got to do to it. So uh, not being able to fucking resist making anything we do good. Yeah, it's my act. Discord in the sky with diamonds. Discord in the sky with diamonds. Good Seb hasn't got a fucking clue what we're on about. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Discord. What do you mean? Discord. Those chords, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those chords. There's plenty Seb's wrong with right them. Chord. Are they wide whale? <laughs> what chord are they? <laughs> Answer the man. <laughs> this has been reminding you I love football. We've been recording at Spiritland. We love it. Um, we would like you to review, rate, and share. New issue of Mundar Magazine coming up. Uh, we'd like you to subscribe. There's going to be a new yearly subscription offer. Oh yes, from Ooh. from tomorrow, I believe, um, which is going to be available for a few days and then available again around Christmas. So. Um, we're giving people different options on the way they can subscribe to the magazine now there may be some free gifts there may not you may get James Bird around your house <laughs> screaming at footballs and mangling Beatles songs you might you might get Seb around there with his muzzy and losing your keys or you might get Tommy around there wearing your slippers and fucking your wife <laughs> or husband <laughs> oh Christ that Vincent Del Bosco gift there just 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good that game. Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial and Football Co production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.